go. Okay, welcome North Star Big Book listeners. I am Carly, Recovered Alcoholic, and I have, we are continuing my series where I get to interview people I know throughout the world who love the big book. And what I love about this is I was talking to who's about to come on. Her name is Bray, and she's going to introduce herself in a minute. And she was like, but a lot of these notes are from your big book study. And I said, it doesn't matter because what I want to hear is your voice and your experience and your stories sharing what about the big book you love. So Bray, will you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, thanks for having me, Carly. My name is Bray, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Bray. What's your sobriety date? My sobriety date is July 13th, 2009. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Tell me what chapter page we're going to be starting on. So again, as you know, there's so many pages um, in here, but I've selected one of my favorite chapters, chapter 11, A Vision for You, and that is page 151. I cannot wait. I, I love A Vision for You as well. I, I do, do too. It. All right. In fact, um, you know, when I first came in, my sponsor, my first sponsor brought me right to these pages and she was kind of like, Bray, this, this is, this is what, what your life could be like. That is uh, such a cool idea that it's almost like she walked you past like the whole trauma and tunnels and hallways and was just like, I'd like to show you something behind the curtain. This exactly. is what's available. And right. I think that must take a, a sponsor that knows each person well enough to know what they need to see and what they didn't. Because if you would have taken me to this page, I would have not believed you that I was even worthy of it. Like when right. I hear the promises and meetings, I would just kind of, like my eyes would get a little teary because I just didn't believe that it was ever going to happen for me. Yeah, same thing. And, you know, I started out, my home group is just for today. Right now it's just for today V virtual, but um, we meet every day, seven days a week at 6 a.m. And I walked in there, I felt at home and people were like, see you tomorrow, Brett, is it Bray? I'm like, yeah, Brett, Bree? No, Bree's a soft, stinky cheese. It's Brett, <laughs> see you tomorrow, Bray. And I was floored. I was floored that people wanted to see me again because I wasn't in that place in my life where people just kind of like, see ya. Like, we hope we don't see you again. Right. Um, but these people did. And I was kind of like, gosh, okay. Um, and there was such hope in their eyes. And so I went back and um, I found my first sponsor there and we started in the book. And, and as I mentioned, she brought me to a vision for you. And she's like, um, she told me my vision for you is to help you carry this message and yeah. bring it to other alcoholics. She instilled that in me yeah. so early. That is such an important thing that you just mentioned. Literally the only thing I want from my sponsees, because you know, when I got here, I was like, why are you being so nice to me? What do you want? The only thing I want from them is to carry the message. And when they don't, that's really the only time I get mad is like, what are you doing? You selfish human. You've been given this gift and you're not giving it away. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm the same way. And you know, that's one of my character flaws is judgment. And, okay. and I, get, I get judgy McJudge when, yeah. you know, it's, I was taught it's my responsibility once I get this and have that spiritual experience and I'm through the first 164 pages, I got to go out there and get someone else to experience right. this. When and I'm the way it's know? set up is you don't get to keep it if you don't give it away. Right. It's set up like one through 11 is set up and then you 12 is as a result of 11. But if you don't continue with 12, everything starts get, getting taken away. Right. 
And I thought that was 51. Yeah. So, you know, it's sitting there and it's saying, you know, for most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. That's what it meant for me. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. Um, Joyous intimacy with friends, sometimes a little bit too much intimacy, if you know what I mean. Um, I shouldn't say that we're on a podcast. Um, and a feeling that life is good. Oh, FYI, this podcast is explicit <laughs> and not for children. You can say whatever you want. Okay, okay, wonderful. But again, I mean, that's what it meant for me. I'm not these, one of these people who started drinking when I was 11 or 14. Um, I drank later, later in life. I mean, I really started, picked up in college, and then it really took off in my 20s. And then it was just like... <laughs> I was a mess because, because alcohol was working for me. Um, wow. I loved it. Binge drinker. Wasn't one of these people that drank right at, you know, at home alone. It was like, where are we going tonight? Happy hour. Let's blow it up. You guys, let's get out there and do it. Um, and then the next line, not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. So it went from this place to, whoa, dramatically different. Right. And that's such a good question to ask the woman you're working with is what was it like in the beginning? Like you were just talking about, I was the same. I was like go-go boots and glitter and boas and whooping it up. And then those last, when just those words in those last days of heavy drinking was in my apartment by myself, sneaking, lying, paranoid, afraid, suicidal, no one's last days that listening to this podcast or reading this book or showing up at meetings were fun. Yeah, my last days were awful. I was living in Boulder, California, Boulder, Colorado, in a Marriott hotel on points. Because I didn't really have any, I had points from my, you know, I saved up a boatload of points from my, from my job. But, and so I was there because my girlfriend at the time's mom would not physically let me in the house because of my behavior when I was drinking. Um, and I remember I was just there, I'm like, what the F am I gonna do? I have no one. Um, and just like walking around this park, chain smoking parliament lights, and half <laughs> the people in the world never knew that I even smoked. Full on closet smoker at the time. Don't smoke anymore, fortunately. But, and I was just so desperate, so desperate. And I was like, who am I? And that's you know? what it's about to tell us, read that part. Yeah, you know, it was awful. Um, and here we go. This is it, you know? And, um, you know, there was this yearning to enjoy life as I once did. And, you know, somehow I could just be able to do it. I'd done that. I'd repeated that cycle so many times, one more attempt and one more failure. Yep. You know, I was never able to stay stopped. That's the mental obsession is we're able to stop. Yeah. Anyone that can stop for whatever reason, we couldn't stay stopped. I couldn't stay stopped. Um, so, you know, I, if I got 10 days or 14 days or something, I wasn't relapsing. I never stopped. Right. I was just like, see, I did it. See, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, the less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from life itself. And, you know, I had some close friends and people are just like, you know what? You got a problem. And the minute someone would call me on that, push them away so far, you, you have a problem. Right. Your business. Cut them out. And the people I was hanging out with were not doing book clubs. Like, they were not people that were doing well. So when they didn't want to be around me, that was very, very uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, King Alcohol, Shivering Medicines of His Mad Realm, The Chilling Vapor, The Loneliness, right? It thickened becoming blacker. I can just so identify with that language. 
And you know what else I want to point out to the listener is that the capital letters of King Alcohol, because we made alcohol our God and we did everything for King Alcohol. And something else I've written here is one of my teachers, um, Kevin taught me about the full blockage of the plumber's pipe. And what I talk about is, you know, the hallway being completely blocked at this point, we've placed ourselves in a position where we're totally blocked off from society, from our higher power, from sanity, and that we've placed ourselves in this position, and that's why it's so dark. Yeah, and you know, at this point, alcohol was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, you know? Yeah. That's, um, that was it, and you know, hoping to find the understanding. I still wanted to get back there. I'd go out to bars and try to find like a new set of friends that mm-hmm. didn't know that I was a mess, because I was okay in the beginning, you know, the first, second, third glass of wine or beer, whatever it was, constantly looking for, right? That, that whole yeah. thing. Then the awful awakening, the awful awakening to face the hideous four horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair, all the, I mean, waking up, you know, at like 11 a.m. after calling in sick to work and being like, where am I? Yeah. Who, who am I next to? Um, I just need to call for like, some chicken fingers and fries right what now. I do. Right. And doing that over and over. And this over. is what alcoholism is. Alcoholism is not about how much we drank the night before. It's about waking up to the awful awakening to face terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair, and then making the decision with no alcohol in our brains that we need more alcohol right. because we're so uncomfortable living in our own bodies. Right. And I'd be going out with people that would be able to wake up, go, and, like, be perfectly fine. And I'm like, let's go out again. And they're like, oh, my God, no. Like, can't do We're that again insane. ever. They yeah. wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be like, well, why wouldn't we? Bray, do you not understand what? So the normal people don't do that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Um, all right. So I'm jumping over to 152. Okay. Because what I did, what, you know, it says – he fools himself. So, you know, it's true. Like, you know, I'd wake up the next day and feel that way, but someone would be like, whoa, how are you feeling today? I'm like, I'm feeling great. Why? What do you, you know what I mean? I would fake it. I would fake it. Um, and just the lying, just the lying. And I probably had no idea what I did. And then jumping down, he cannot picture life without alcohol. I couldn't. That's where I was. And that's where I, where I was when I came into AA. Right, we knew it was killing us, but we couldn't, when we tried to not have it, we couldn't stay stopped. So we didn't see any other, those were our two options, was don't drink, but we're miserable, and drink, but we're miserable. So there was no option. Right. And it lead us to the worst part right here. The worst part. And, and I had tried stopping, because, you know, I was threatened, you know, I, I'm going to leave you if you pick up one more time. So I'm like, fine, you know what? And I did. I think I stayed stopped for like 60 or even maybe 90 days, like right up until Christmas. And I was like, fine, see, I did it. It was the worst three or, you know, 90 days of my life. Without alcohol. Without alcohol. Because that's the mental obsession. That's you, ick. It's Uh, me going out. Marianne, say, was it you or Marianne that said ism is, ISM stands for something. I self me. Yuck. I self me, right? Ism, (laughs) gross. All about me and yeah, you know, pretending I was having fun with my Diet Coke and Seltzer and meanwhile, or being that nag, like, want to go home now, want to go home. Right, this is fun. awful, this is boring. Yeah, it was bad. Um, 
end of the jumping off place. So like we just talked about, it's like, do really, do I kill myself or do I, I don't even know what to do. And I just want to pause for a second here. So it says he will be at the jumping off place. So it says he will know loneliness such as few do. He will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. And I wrote in big letters, suicide. For me, I have the date that I did that, which was I was six days without alcohol. It was January 26, 1999. And what I want to share from 21 years of sobriety is that the biggest symptom of untreated alcoholism in the rooms or out of the rooms is suicide. And I've been to funerals of women and men who kill themselves without alcohol in their body because they could not live another day with the loneliness and despair of not working the solution and not drinking. And they wish for the end. And so suicide is a common manifestation of untreated alcoholism. And we, meaning like recovered alcoholics, when we hear of someone in our circle or our family or friends that died young and people that don't understand are like, oh, I don't know what happened. Was it cancer? No, it wasn't cancer. And then we're like, we know. Because there is no young person that doesn't die of cancer that just dies. It's They're dying from alcohol or drugs. We know that. Right. And, you know, it's that guilt and that shame without, without a solution, you know, it's, um, and to us, which is what they say in the way beginning of the book that we have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to me, six days without alcohol, I looked around, I, I circled the board and the only solution I could see, cause I tried not drinking for so long and I tried AA and I tried drinking everything different was killing myself. Right. But to you who's recovered, you see where I am and you go, perfect. She's in the best possible position because now she might be finally willing to do the work because she's miserable, which is why we take people through the steps immediately when they're miserable. Right. It's like, why wait? And that's what my sponsor did with me. She's like, let's get started. I'm like, what about, you know, this, I've just sat next to someone. First year. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Immediately. I love that. Um, So you know, and it says the we, I love that we, the we have shown how we got out from under. You're like, yeah, I'm willing, but might be consigned to a life where I should be stupid, boring, and glum, like some self-righteous people. I know I must get along without liquor. How can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Fully identify with this because I didn't know anything about AA other than the movies and blah, 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 all that stuff. I didn't know that people could have fun. And I was terrified that I would lose my sense of humor. I would lose my zest for life. I would yeah. never, quite frankly, I would never make out with someone again or have right. sex. I couldn't do that sober, that's for sure. So, you know, I just, I'm just like, I'm done. And how yeah. amazing is it that we just are talking about suicide. We've just literally walked away from the edge. Basically, we were just told we have stage four brain cancer. And within a week, we're like, but what about my dating life? And what am I going to do for fun? And if you found out you had stage four brain cancer and the oncologist said to you, Bray, we found a solution. You don't, you don't have to die from this. You'll live with it. Right. You have to do some things. You would not be like, but what am I going to do for fun? Right. But yeah. we are special people yes, who are, are coming off of death. Yeah. We're like, but when am I going to find the one? And we're like, you're right. insane. I mean, what I have to bring to the party is yeah. stalking skills and insanity. I know, right? <laughs> um, it's nuts. So, but one of my favorite paragraphs here, certainly. So I'm being told, yes, there is a substitute. 
And it's vastly, I love that word, vast, vastly more than that. It's a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. There you'll find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired, fired up. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. You know, and, and this is what we found in the fellowship. And it's basically saying, do this work and so will you. Right. But that's the key is if you don't do one through nine and start working on 10, 11, and 12, you will not find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will not be fired. None of these things are going to happen. No, all or, bets are off. Right. So you can't just attend meetings and get this. You can no. attend meetings and meet a substitute for your time and a fellowship, but this is assuming that the fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous in the 1930s is only doing one thing, which is taking people through the steps. Right. Because they didn't have that book. It was just one person. Right. We're sitting down. We're taking you through. Right. It's not, you know, sit, going to two, three. Sometimes, sometimes I go to four meetings a day and just like, and then we go out for coffee. That's awesome. But the program is the 12 steps and the right. program is passing it on. Yep. And that's where I get my yep. peace and serenity and joy from doing right. that. And uh, from getting rid of all the stuff that's blocking me off so I can feel God. Right. And no longer feel that gross guilt and shame. And yeah, I did those things. That was me. But it sure isn't anymore. And my imagination gets fired when I continuously inventory and get rid of the stuff that's blocking me. And then God can enter my mind and go, hey, Carly, what about this? Yeah. Every day, right? I can just be like, I was wrong. You know, I heard, exactly. It's just Exciting. so amazing. Um, so next paragraph, the thing I kind of, you know, stands out to me is, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to make lifelong friends. Like these people that I have met in these rooms, you know, there are people who are uh, orthopedic, orthopedic surgeons and people that, you know, recycle and, and, and people that are, people I wouldn't ordinarily meet necessarily because maybe they have kids or this or that. I have, you know, on my phone, how many numbers where I could just call people and be like, hey, what are you doing today? You know? To and do you know what else I love? I love that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that one of the best gifts about it is that we get to do this. I get to talk to Boston yeah. and do meetings every Thursday night. We get to sit together and I get to hear your accents and I get to miss you guys. And then we get to connect and you share with another person and we share it. And we're, you know, we're, I'm hopefully going to be doing podcast interviews with people all over the world. Yeah. Like we get to connect in a way virtually that no one ever got to before. And even a year ago, we would not have done because why? Right. Like, why would I do this when I have people here? Right. And now, I mean, you know, one of the truths about going to the same meeting every single time is you just hear the same comments. And when you get to connect like this, you get to hear new information. Right. And we're all rolling in the same direction. You know, yes. we're all trying to get better and improve. Um, and somehow the people that are constantly in self-pity or in self-doubt or in all this stuff, they kind of flow away a little bit because they, you know, we're offering it and they don't want what we have or, or they're not able to get it. And so, you know, prime example, this morning went to my 6 a.m., talked to a couple people after, this is all virtual. We've got 10, 12 people coming to our backyard tonight at six to do a big book meeting. That's so awesome. We've got a few newcomers, come on over. Like, That's can I bring so anything? Awesome. No, bring your big book. That's so awesome. You know, it's, it's just amazing. Um, 153, um, you know, it may seem incredible that these people are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. And, you know, I listen to people in the meetings, and these are, when I first came in, men that 
you know, they said they couldn't even lift themselves up from a barroom floor. And now they're like these upstanding citizens taking care of their grandchildren. Right. And the, the, the life we get to have as a result of the 12 steps, yeah. if we do the work continuously, is we get to become people who people on the outside go to and say, I need your help. We get to become accountable, respected members of our community. We get to show up in small and big ways. It doesn't matter what you have in a bank account. Like I always share with people, like you can do anything for people that will make someone's life better and the community around you will gather because people genuinely want to be useful. And oh, when yeah. you use your fire that they promised us here, we get to do that. And so when I tell women who are complaining about their life or they don't have a partner, I'm like, go be useful and you will feel fired and you won't care about your little life. Yeah. It'll become so much bigger. You get fired up. And like you said, there's opportunities to be useful all the time. Like I work in education all summer. Our custodians, two of my favorite people, have to work. I can text them and be like, hey, you guys want an iced coffee? And I can bring them an iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. And, and guess it makes what? their whole day. Yeah. changes their whole day. Whole day. That little kindness. And it gets me out of the house because I can't be in the house all the time. It's like, what right. can I do today? You know, instead of, and, and it makes me feel good. Like, they're like, oh my God, thank you. I'm like, no, no, thank you. And I'm just filled with gratitude. One now. of my favorite things I want to share with um, listeners, even if listeners don't even have enough money to go get coffee for someone, something I like to do that's so easy and you can just post it on social media wherever you are is you ask people to drop off used backpacks at your house, at the front door. You don't even have contact with them. And I ask them to drop off any toiletries that they don't use and any like non-perishable snacks. You do it for like two weeks, the collection. You put it in your garage or one bedroom in your house. And then you deliver them by hand with a mask to people that you see living on the street, downtown, wherever you live. It is free. And it is so fulfilling. The people that you give it to never see you again. They don't know your name. They're not going to post it on Facebook with a selfie with you. It's just you. I'm telling you, when you do that kind of stuff, you will get so busy in your head reaching out to people that that's what this is promising us. It's a vision of our life not being about us. And I can just say, like, if I look back to who I brought in, who I was before I stepped into the rooms and, and everyone in there taught me, be useful. And I'm like, well, I don't, mm, I am useful. And they're like, just try it or something. Cause I had no idea. And it's, that's the shift to me. That's just, that's the spiritual experience. Yes. It's thinking about things, thinking about everything differently, getting rid of those old ideas and old behaviors and, and doing diff things differently. And, um, but yeah. if you're listening to this and you don't understand why you don't feel like that, my guess is you're still blocked off. You're not doing your daily inventory. You're not finishing your amends list. And when you're still blocked off from the past, you cannot live effectively in the present. And the present is the only place I can hear my higher power guide me to say, hey, go call that custodian. Go do this. Because you won't think about those things when you're stuck in your own self. Right. And I mean, this whole chapter, I, I, I mean, time-wise, we're not going through the entire thing. But, you know, it's when you know, Bill and Bob, and then they're meeting Bill Dodson and, and, all, and it's, it's working with others. And I couldn't work with other people until I had something of significance to give away. That's why I couldn't wait to be done, not done, but through the first time, you know, have that spiritual experience 
and then have the ability to pass it on to someone else. Will you, you do know? me a favor since um, the next bunch of pages are just the review of how they met and everything connected? Will you go to yeah. 160? Yeah. And take us there to many a man and then finish the chapter? Yes. Because Bray and I could talk forever. Like, Seriously, we, could we could have like a seven part series of chat chattering. No. All right. So here we go, right? Um, so 160, many a man, days from his hospital experience, stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Love that word freedom. This is what the steps have given me, specifically a freeing feeling, but writing out all my resentments and doing that. And then when I started making those amends in person to other people, many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. And that's what the 12 steps are. It's an I want you to know. I wrote in big letters here, what answer are we offering? And whenever I lead a meeting, when I remember, I start with those two sentences to remind me and who, who's listening that my responsibility is to provide an answer mm. to the listener. And the answer is for me, the 12 steps. That's yeah. the only answer I have. I, I've tried just meeting attendance alone and it's never kept me sober. The Fine. only answer I have is the we of the program coupled with the 12 steps, coupled with service and at my higher power. I cannot do it with just one of them. Right. And I've had people come to me and, and say, hey, you know, even most recently in the pandemic or this or that going on, I'm so anxious. I have this or that. I'm like, I, I don't have a cure for your anxiety. I don't have any of that stuff, but I do know that this, was, this is, has worked and it solves every single problem. You're anxious. Let's try this. I think it'll work. And it does. You know, it does. Um, it promises us it'll solve all our problems. Yeah. If there is a little caveat there, if you will, if I stay close to this power that's bigger than me. And do the work. And do it, right? And it's so weird that it's called work because it has almost a negative connotation like, oh, work. But it's, yes, it's work, but it's awesomeness. Like I know, but it's to. also important to acknowledge that it's work because I don't want the woman or man that we're working with to think, oh, it's going to be easy. Like, if it was easy, everybody would do it. This right. is work. Like, with me and you are done. I'm going to go outside and run because I get to. And it's like 85 degrees out and it's going to be sweaty and hot. And when it's yeah. over, I'm going to feel awesome because hard work right. equals results. Yeah. Right? I'm you don't get results. I mean, I love watching Netflix and doing nothing, but I don't get any results from it other than I wish I wouldn't have eaten that and I'm feeling tired. Right. That bowl of ice cream. Right. right. Yeah. Um, expression of the faces. We've got to stay on track, right? So, um, stimulating an electric atmosphere of the place conspired to haven at last. Like, AA is home. And, and I love that. And I know that I'm going to have these lifelong friendships for decades to come, hopefully. That's the what next I'm paragraph that you're going to read, I wrote on the side, model for home group. So, this is what we want our home group to feel like. Read that. Which one? The very. The very practical approach to his problems. The absence of intolerance of any kind, the informality, the genuine democracy, the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. So that's what we want our home group to feel like to people. We want them to feel not judged, welcome. We want them to feel understood, not like we're better than you or you stay in this first step group for a year and then we'll let you know when we think you're ready, like you're insane. Yeah, I've had the same home group for 11 years, and I can honestly say JFTV, because virtual right now, one thing, you know, you don't do everything right. We welcome that newcomer in, whether they're on Zoom or they come in the door, we make sure. And I love that, because I've been floating around some different Zooms and other meetings in the past, 
I've sat there and I felt so like just a little bit awkward. I got to tell you because everyone's in their clique or people are yeah. just like talking themselves. I'm just like, shoot. And then as I'm talking here, I could go up to them and say, hi, my name's Bray. But and, um, um, before, when you're done, I want you to message me the link to your Zoom meeting because I'm going to put it in the episode notes because I was thinking if someone's listening in California and it's three in the morning and they can't sleep, you're at a 6 a.m. meeting and they could join. Yeah. The, and just exactly. Absolutely. Um, all right. Am I still doing this one? Or let's go over to, let's take us to the top of 163. Okay. Let's or, do it. Actually, the way bottom of 162 where it says, thus we grow. So thus we grow. Thus is an odd word, isn't I it? I love thus it. A little vow and thus. <laughs> and so can you. Though you be but one person with this book in your hand, we believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. We know what you're thinking. You're saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that, but you can. You forget that you've just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing, what we've accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. So those three things work. That's it. And you know what I wrote on the top of the page is that the book contains the directions and solution. They're telling me like, look, we don't know if you're gonna see us. Like this is in the 1930s, we don't get to see them. But they're telling us that what we're holding here contains everything we need that the first 100 men and women believe that we're going to be able to go on and that I know that I felt jittery and alone. And when my sponsor at the time was like, highlight, underline and write this, I was like, why? And she's like, you're going to take women through the book. And I was like, you're insane. Right. Have you spent any time talking to me? (laughs) And I do. And I didn't know that, but what is happening, what you read about the source of power is bigger than me is what I can do with you, Bray, and right. with God is so much bigger than what I can do by myself. Exactly. You, you jumped know, down to one, the bottom of 163? Um, so felt that one? Yeah. And then so will we'll soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up. That happens, right? But if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. When a few people in the city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in town has had this, had their opportunity to recover, if they can and will. So if they're willing to do the work, they right. will. The they're opportunity, not, right. They're not just saying the opportunity, welcome to AA. They're saying approach with the 12 steps, the opportunity to do the program. Right. I get out of it what I put into it. And I've got to tell you, Carly, like, I absolutely love the results of my program. And that's one of my favorite questions when you're working with someone that, or you're starting with someone that's coming back and they're like complaining about the work that we're offering them. I like to just simply put, turn it, the tables and say, what are you getting the results you want with what you're doing? Yeah. And my guess is that you're not, cause why would you come to me? Cause I'm not a fun person to talk to. So like, you are, right? yeah. well, thank you. I mean, people, people <laughs> perceive me that don't know me like, Oh, that's who you, I remember one of the best compliments I ever heard that was not supposed to be a compliment was someone stood up and they said, you're the woman we go to when we are finally miserable and there's nothing else we can do. And I'm like, awesome. Like that's like, I feel complimented. Yep. I hear ya. Um, all right. Are we closing? In, in- yeah, you're going to rock this out. Keep going. Yeah, I am. Okay. Still you um, okay. Okay. So book meant to be suggestive only. It's not suggestive, right? Do Wait, no, I want you to go back a paragraph because it's really important. Go to still you may say. Yeah. Still you may say but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. 
So you must remember your real reliance is always upon your higher power or God. And that higher power is going to show you how to create the fellowship that I crave. Right. I'm not doing it alone anymore. Right. And that's why we have to do step 11, because if we don't connect every morning and make that time and read those pages or listen to the pages being read and do that little meditation and then throughout the day do our inventory so we can reconnect with God and at the end of the day to connect with God. If we don't set up that money in the bank, when we need that help, we will not feel that connection. Right. It's just, it all goes back to like, it's easy to rest, you know, rest on our laurels. It's easy to let yeah. up on the program. I don't let up on the program because I don't want to know what happens. I, I've heard it. Yeah, People I've died. seen it. Yes. I've seen it. Book is meant to be suggestive only. Realize, you know, we know only a little. I still am scratching the surface. I yeah. know so little. But, you know, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask your higher power in the morning meditation what you can do each day for the person who's still sick. It doesn't say for yourself. Right. It says, right. what can I do for others? So I'm supposed to add this into my 11th step. Yeah. And the answers will come if, if my house is in order and if I listen. And then that what it's also saying is the answers will not come if my house is a mess. Right. So you're like, where's my answers? And then you go, what does your house look like? And it's a mess. Right. You're always blocked off. Your men's list has not been touched in a month and a half and you're not doing inventories, you're not going to get answers. No answers there. Obviously, I can't transmit something you haven't got, right? So we talked about that. See to it that your relationship with your higher powers, right? Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. That's where the fun starts, right? That this is a massive is promise. Massive. That if I have a good relationship with my God, that I'm going to have great events. They, it doesn't say they might. It says they will come to pass. And I have written on the side, steps give me to God. God gives me to self. Self gives me to others. That's the order. I have so to first, I, right? Yeah. And I can wake up in the morning and, and I can do formal prayer and all that. But I can also, before I wake up, go to the bathroom, get my coffee, just say like, what are we doing today? Who would you have me be? And it's yeah. always kind, patient, loving, and tolerant. It's yes. that simple. Yes. No, it's that simple. So Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give free, freely of what you find and join us. We'll be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. You'll surely meet some of us as you trudge, which means what? Walk with a purpose and direction. So what did you use to think it meant? Or did you always know what it meant? Because I had a different idea of what trudge meant before someone explained it to me. I used to think it meant like, oh, we're going to go on this thing and it's going to suck. Right, like how my kids not. talk about everything. Like when, so I make my kids go on a walk every day with me. And my middle one who is discontent, like if you looked up discontent in the dictionary, you'd see Lincoln's face. He is like, oh, I right. want to go home. And like, I picture myself like, in snow like trudging okay yeah. and i was talking like that and an amazing woman came up to me at the end of a, uh, my lead once and she said no carly in the 1930s trudge didn't mean what you think it means yes. it means to walk with a purpose right walk with a purpose and direction and that's what i'm doing now and so i love to point that out you know i learned it from someone else and you know, we're on a road to happy destiny. It doesn't say to happy destiny. No, up, right? This is the road. Yeah. We're on the road. Yeah, we are. May God bless you and keep you until then, right? So it's incredible. I love it. I get the same 
satisfaction from doing this work as I did with drinking. Like it's replaced it. It's better then because I don't it's feel embarrassed better. about my behavior after. No, exactly. It's much better. And like, you know, call me nuts, but I can't wait to wake up in the morning and see what we're doing today. It's I like love Bray. How could you not love Bray? <laughs> we're going to need to have you back on here. You I would love I, to come back. I might have you and Marianne come on because I would like to do something about relationships in AA and you guys are having a successful one. So that would be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd be happy to. We're going to celebrate um, 10 years this fall. Yeah, we're going to need to have that because I love both of your energies and you guys are go-getters. Knowing that I have an army of women that I can reach out to at any time is so helpful. Thank you I for all you way. are. I love you. I love you too. Have a great day. Bye, Carly. Thank you. Thank you.